Welcome back to my podcast series, Return to Rest. Last week, I started talking about a four-part series about twins in the Bible. I titled it Twins in the Bible, and I defined at that time as twins being two children from one pregnancy. But I also said that we will not be talking about twins in terms of Esau or Jacob, or Perez and Zerah, which are the twins to Judah from Tema, his daughter-in-law. We're not talking about twins like that. I'm talking about word pairs. Instead, we're talking about word pairs, words that were paired together in the Bible for certain reasons. So I gave examples of goodness and mercy, which we discussed last week. And then counsel and might is another one. Knowledge and the fear of the Lord is another one but today we're going to talk about wisdom and understanding wisdom and understanding what is wisdom solomon is said to be the wisest man that ever lived the wisest man of all times described wisdom as a person and i will read to you from proverbs 1 we're going to look at verses 20 and 21 it says Again, also, Proverbs is supposed to be the book of wisdom. So Proverbs 20, sorry, Proverbs 1, 20 to 21 says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses and at the opening of the gates in the city and speaks her words. So Solomon is telling us that wisdom is a person. And actually, in this place, she's a female person. And then we also have another definition of wisdom. If you turn with me, staying in the book of Proverbs, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 5. Proverbs 4, 5 says, Exalt her. Solomon was talking about wisdom. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear my son and receive my sayings. So here, Solomon is telling us that not only is wisdom tangible as as a person, but there are benefits to being wise. There are benefits to getting wisdom. And Solomon valued wisdom and its fair understanding. So what is wisdom? I went in to check in the Oxford Dictionary to see and find the definition of wisdom. They also linked it to being wise. And what is wisdom? Is the quality of being wise. The quality of being wise. But what is wise? Wise is having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Think about it. Think about it this way. We all have not been on this earth before. I haven't lived here before. Neither have you. I haven't lived on earth before. In fact, when COVID started last year, it was a very common saying to say, none of us have ever walked this path before. So we we weren't wise in how to deal with it because we did not have the experience, we did not have the knowledge, 
and we were trying to make good judgments based on what we knew. But we we did not we have not walked this earth before, and the Bible categorically says that it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. So, in the Bible, there's no reincarnation. None of us have been here before. So how, if we have not been here before, how can we know or show experience? They also tell us, there are many adages ago, that we can get it from our elders. Um, and they say, we should ask our elders for advice, which is very valid, which is a very strong point. But you also have to realize that sometimes the elders give us the advice based on the filters of what has happened to them, based on the rose-colored glasses of their past experiences, based on their past experiences. So how can we, where or where can we find what I mentioned before, where can we find experience, good judgment and knowledge? We can find it in the Word of God. The Word of God. The unadulterated, undiluted, unfiltered Word of the Most High God. And the Bible tells us that the Word is a person. And the Bible tells us that person is Jesus. And I'll have you turn to John. John, the first chapter. I'm going to look at John chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 14. John 1 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word dwelt among us. So we can see that to get wisdom, we can get it through two means. One is the written word of God, which is the Bible. And two is the living word of God, which is Jesus. And the Bible explains to us how to get to Jesus. So you can honestly and truly say, I can find wisdom. I can find experience, knowledge, and good judgment in the pages of the Bible, in the pages on the Bible. And as I said earlier, Proverbs is said to be the book of wisdom. So how can you apply this to your life? I would say, if you read a chapter of Proverbs a day, you will find that as you read, you have experiences in there from Solomon that will teach you and show you how to live your life today. The Bible is just as relevant as many thousand years as it was written as it is today. And it is amazing. It's amazing. So that's wisdom. Let's look at its counterpart, understanding. Understanding. Remember, we, we, we read earlier that wisdom, we read earlier about wisdom, but as I said, wisdom is always paired with understanding. So what is the definition of understanding? And I actually lost my definition in the in, in, in the on my screen and I'm, I'm going to pull it up again we'll find out the definition of understanding from the bible from the dictionary and it says the ability to understand something or comprehension or sympathetically aware of other people's feelings tolerance and forgiving 
having insight or good judgment having insight or good judgment so let's turn to proverbs again proverbs we're going to go to proverbs chapter 3 and we're going to look at verse 13 proverbs 3 we're going to look at verse 13 proverbs 3 13 says proverbs 3 happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are, are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold she's more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare to her happy is a man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding so we've defined that the the dictionary said has said that understanding is having insight and good judgment insight and good judgment let me have you turn again to proverbs we're going to look at proverbs um, chapter 4 proverbs chapter 4 and we're going to look at verse 7 proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 let me pull it up here Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Here, here's the pair again. Wisdom in the, is, is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting of wisdom, get understanding. So it comes as a pair. You have the wisdom and you have the understanding. So this is how I see it. <clears throat> I know, let's imagine I'm, a, I'm, I'm the greatest um, mechanical engineer that, uh, that ever lived, or I, I'm, I'm very handy with my hands. And I know how a car works. I know how to break it down. I, have, I know how to put it together. I know how to put a car together. I'm wise in that. I can put a car together. Any car, throw it to me. I can put it together from scraps. I can put it together. But understanding says, yes, wisdom, you've put the car together. But when I'm driving the car and, is, and the road is icy, even though the speed limit is 40 miles per hour, I will not go at 40 miles per hour. If the road is flooded, I will not drive in it. That's understanding. So wisdom says, I know how to drive a car. I've been driving for 150 years. Understanding says, well, thank you very much for knowing how to drive a car. But the conditions do not permit you to drive. Therefore, don't drive. That's the way I see how wisdom and understanding appear together. It's very fascinating. I want to give you a real life example that happened. And this is from the Bible. We're going to look at 1 Samuel. We're going to look at chapter 25. 1 Samuel chapter 25. This is the story of David when he was still in exile. He had been watching or guarding the um, servants of Nabal, Nabal is spelled N-A-B-A-L. As in the customs of those days, when um, a, a rich man has a many herds of goats and sheep, and the, the workers or the shepherds take them into the wilderness to graze. And when it's time for the sheep to be shared, that means cut off their fur, they're brought back home. And while they're out in the wilderness to graze, they're subjects to the elements they're subjects to thieves robbers whatever it might be but they have men that watch over them and the tradition was on that in those days that 
The men that watched over the shepherds out in the wilderness were to be paid something, a token of appreciation for keeping not only his, the rich man's flocks safe, but also his workers safe. So let's see what happens. <clears throat> First Samuel 25. <clears throat> First Samuel chapter 25, we're going to look at verse 2. Now it says, Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel, and the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was sharing his sheep in Carmel. And the name of the man was Nabal, and his wife, and the name of his wife was Abigail. And see how the Bible describes her. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful appearance. She had brains and beauty. She was a woman of good understanding and beautiful in appearance. But the man is described as being harsh and evil in his doings. And he was of the house of Caleb, it says. So in verse 5, it's a very fascinating story. Um, just take a few minutes out to read the whole thing. In verse 5, David sent 10 of his young men to Nabal to say, Hey, we've guarded your, your uh, shepherds all this time. Kindly give us something. So that was in verse 5. In verse 10, listen to Nabal's response. In verse 10, Nabal answered and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away from each other from their masters. I said, I'm not going to take my bread and take my water and take my meat that, you know, and, and, and give it to them. Well, my sheriff might have been killed for all I care. And that was his response to the men of David. So the men of David went back to tell David that, hey, this is what Nabal said. So David was uh, upset to say the least. And But Nabal's men ran to tell Abigail. Remember, Abigail is described as a woman of great understanding. So let's see what happens. So the men came and said to Abigail, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. And they were a wall to us both by day and by night. What other compliment can you give people to guard you? They were, they were a wall to us day and night and we didn't lose anything. So what did Abigail say or what did Abigail do? You know, wisdom would have said, go to your husband and tell him you have to do this, you have to do this because that's the tradition. But what did understanding have Abigail do? She knew they had to do something. Because here, here comes David, he's really going to ravage them. And they might, many of them might end up dead. So because of Nabal's words, she and her household were at risk of death. So what did she do in verse 23? In verse 23 said, she cooked a lot. She's, she cooked, she cooked a lot, took a lot of food with her. And she went ahead of David, ran out to meet David, to talk to him. She got to him, she fell down from the donkey and, and bowed at his feet and said, Oh, please, my Lord, don't let, let the iniquity of Nabal be on me. Let the iniquity of Nabal be on me, but talk to me first. And she said, My husband is stupid. Yes, I know that. My husband is this, my husband is that. But please have mercy on us. This is Bissola's translation. Please have mercy on us because Nabal has fallen. Have mercy on us. And what did David answer? 
Look at verse 32. David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me, and blessed is your advice, and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. Isn't that amazing? That is really very deep because the truth of the matter is David could have gone and just spoiled the whole of Nabal's estate. And the truth of the matter is Abigail could have gone to her husband and just talked and talked and talked. But what happened, she applied understanding. She had the wisdom that this was the right thing to do, but understanding said there is another way out. And, and that's where we have to go. So let me come back and reread to you Proverbs 4, 7. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. And it says, the beginning of wisdom is, get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. That's why they're paired together. The Bible is very intentional about everything it does. That's why they're paired together. You get your skillful, godly wisdom, and you get the discernment and comprehension and interpretation that comes with it. You have the wisdom to know how to drive a car, but you apply understanding and know you can't speed because the road is icy. That's the pair. That's the pair. So not only seek to know, which is wisdom, but seek to find out how what you know can be applied that's understanding. So seek to know wisdom, but seek to find out how what you know can be applied. Wonderful. See me next week. Join me next week when we will discuss counsel and might. Counsel and might. <laughs>